Hey, what's going on, Who That Nation? It is yours truly, TJ Jones, the host of the State of the Saints podcast. And thank you so much for checking out the State of the Saints podcast, where we talk New Orleans Saints. And on this edition, we're going to be answering a very, very common asked question. Why? 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 (laughs) Don't the New Orleans Saints like or pay attention or acknowledge, in the words of great Roman Reigns, why don't they acknowledge LSU players? Why is it that LSU players always seem to be ignored by the New Orleans Saints? That's the question of the day. And I'm asking this question, and I'm acknowledging this question, and then we're breaking this question down, is because for some apparent reason, and I think everybody that has been a Saints fan, I think you pretty much are pretty much, um, you know, I mean, you, you know what's going on, man. You, 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 you hip to the game, as they say. The New Orleans Saints seem to always ignore LSU players, no matter how talented these guys are, even if those guys just so happen to fall into the lap of the New Orleans Saints. And we've seen this a couple of years ago. Um, it, it happened uh, when the New Orleans Saints uh, decided to draft guard uh and he was a center at the University of Michigan, Cesar Ruiz. We've seen them decide to go with Cesar Ruiz when we knew that very talented linebacker, Patrick Queen, a guy who had a really good college career at LSU, you had an opportunity to get him, and you didn't. Okay, And a lot of this, 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 uh, this show is kind of focused on this particular topic because Patrick Queen was on a podcast and he was talking about his draft, you know, the draft, uh, you know, that he was in. And the New Orleans Saints uh, have an opportunity to draft him. And this is what he said. Like, just looking at all the mocks and it's like, you could fall there, you could fall there. So when the pick came up, I'm sitting there. My dad is like, yes, he's going to be a saint. And I'm sitting there like. <laughs> I don't want to be a saint. No, I don't want to be there. I do not want to go to New Orleans. Don't wish that on me. It's just, it's just, I guess it's. It's just what it's always been like. They don't yeah. draft LSU players, so I was like, in the moment, I'm like, I don't want to go there. Do you know? Was is there like a is that like a known thing for guys coming out that like at LSU like, hey, the Saints don't draft yeah. LSU guys? Like, like, it's just known. Like, is there a reason? Like, do you? Is there? I guess that... it's just us being there from there, playing there for so many years. They don't want to like you know take a risk of them always you know yeah. just staying where they were. Distraction. So. I mean, the, yeah. the couple guys that they have gotten from Louisiana, not necessarily that they draft, but like have worked like Quan. Balls. It's been great for them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, just come back though. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I get it. It's just it's kind of crazy to see how much, like what they what they're willing to pass on in those yeah. situations, just to seemingly be like, nah, just it's too familiar. Yeah. So as you can see, those guys are just wondering, like, you know, why the Saints don't draft them, and you know, you can tell Patrick Queen. I mean, he was you know upset about. It. He was like, well, if y'all don't want us, we, we don't want you. I, and I understand that completely. But, you know, there are exceptions to the rule. I see some people in the chat, talk, you know, bringing up names. But it's not often. You know, like you, if you think about how many talented players come out the state of Louisiana at LSU and they go to other teams and they're like all pros, pro bowlers, future Hall of Famers. Like, it, it's amazing to me how they just pass these guys up and they instead go focus on guys at Ohio State. And no disrespect to any Buckeye, I mean, they have just as many talented players at Ohio State as they do at LSU. 
But you, I'm just wondering to myself, I mean, Baton Rouge is like an hour and 30 minutes away. Hour and 30 minutes. And the fact that you have an opportunity, a bird's eye view, to take a look on Saturday and see how talented these guys is or open uh, the local paper or read local articles and see how how talented these guys are. Not to mention, if you have a, you know adequate scout team, I mean, that's just a hop, skip, and a jump. If they're traveling all across the country trying to find diamonds in the rough and guys that they want you to draft, I mean, look no further than Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I just don't understand it, okay? Um, I, it just doesn't make any sense to me, okay? I mean, this is like some even some of the names that just so happen to uh, come to the New Orleans Saints, you know, it's just, it's just weird to me. Like, Will Clapp, no disrespect. I mean, he was drafted. Uh, by uh, the New Orleans Saints, but he was a late round pick, and he wasn't like one of the best offensive linemen at LSU. It's not like he one of the best that you ever seen. He was kind of like you know, Bob, I don't want to call him Bob or the Barrel, but you thought about other guys like Lionel Collins. You know what I'm saying? You thought about guys like that before you even thought about Will Clapp. Also, Darrell, the wide receiver, he was on a practice squad for I don't know how long, but you know what I'm saying? He was undrafted. All right. I mean, you talk about Devin Henderson, but Devin Henderson wasn't drafted by Sean Payton. Devin Henderson was drafted by Jim Haslett. He he came here a year. He was drafted a year before Sean Payton got here. Now, Sean Payton utilized him as that speedy downfield threat, but he wasn't drafted uh, by Sean Payton. I mean, it just seems to me like these guys have an issue with guys from Louisiana. And look, I understand it from a certain perspective. Where you feel like, okay, a guy is from that particular area. Uh, you know, there are a lot of vices, familiar territory. But when you're a, a guy that's, that's scouting guys, you do your due diligence and you know the type of uh, person that you're drafting. So it's like as if you're saying these guys aren't rather smart enough or, you know, saying they're not wrapped tight enough in order for them to make better decisions even if they're staying at home. And we see this, man, because guys, when they have a tendency of playing for their hometown or their home state uh, NFL team, they have a tendency of turning up. They have a tendency of really trying to go out there and put their best foot forward because they understand how much winning means to that culture in that area. You know, like, so I think that there's plus, there are pros and cons to every situation, but the fact that you rarely ever look at some of these guys. The fact that you have a guy as talented as Tyron Matthew uh, coming into your organization and you're, you know, doing an interview with him and he walks away without a contract, like, that's just very alarming to me. Like, you're not going to tell me that Tyron Matthew isn't the most talented safety if he signs with the New Orleans Saints. You're not going to tell me that. Marcus May, he's more talented than him. You know, like, you know, like, you you look at some of these guys that they have, they, they that they brought in. I mean, come on, man. Are you trying to tell me that Sorensen is better than Tyron Matthew? Come on. And once again, every time I, I bring up Darren Sorensen's name, we're going to play hardcore highlight because of the resemblance. But seriously, man, like this dude makes your secondary better just by – signing with the team I, I just don't understand that I don't get it it doesn't make any sense to me and um it, it's not like they don't have talent because once again you look around the National Football League these guys got talent all over the place right you got Odell Beckham Jr 
Uh, you had Wentworth, who just retired. I mean, you got Patrick Peterson, even though, you know what I'm saying, he's up there in age, he's still, you know, he has a Hall of Fame career. Uh, I mean, come on, man. You, you think about all these different guys, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow. I mean, it, the, the list goes on and on. Patrick Queen. I mean, why, why are you sitting up here, like, ignoring these guys' talent? When they come in, they just have an immediate impact. So I, I just think that that's weird to me. Hopefully we might see that change. Maybe that was just the way Sean Payton operate, and maybe uh, Dennis Allen will do things differently. Maybe he will acknowledge the talent that they have in Baton Rouge because for some apparent reason, Sean Payton don't, didn't know that Baton Rouge exists, <laughs> and it, it is weird. Uh, but let's go ahead and go to the uh, comments. Jerry says, what's the deal with the Saints and LSU and they're both in the same state? Help me with that. I have not a clue. And that's that's what I'm trying to figure out. Tim Jizzle was having it. Not going to lie, bro. I'm going to be uh, annoyed if we don't take Olave or Wilson, uh, one of those picks. Well, look, I hope that they do that. You know, the Saints are carrying themselves with a level of arrogance. You know, the front office and stuff like that. And I get it. Uh, they feel like, uh, you know, they feel like they can win with anybody. And I like that that personality. But sometimes it, it, it shouldn't be as hard as the New Orleans Saints organization make it at times. While you're trying to figure out in year two, year three, is a guy worth you giving an extension to? You can have young, talented wide receivers, young, talented quarterbacks, young, talented running backs that can come in and give you immediate impact. But the Saints choose to do things differently. And I don't know why. Like, I don't know if they just get guys that are supposed to be cogs on the wheel. So when it comes to, like, contract negotiations, maybe they can lowball them. I don't know. Like, you good, but, you know, like, we won't give you that. I, I don't know what's going on with this team. But I will say this, man. Uh, when we go into this all season, I mean, this regular season, I'm going to uh, critique this team a, a whole lot differently than I did in years past because some of the actions that they have done – this offseason just makes me just think, like, what the heck are they doing? You know, like, and I, I get it. Like, I'm not asking for you to go out here and get no high price free agents and be playing money ball. Like, you know, I mean, not playing money ball, but acting as if, you know what I'm saying, you playing Madden with the salary cap off. But I, I would like a little bit of sense of urgency. Like, I, I don't see that sense of urgency when it comes to this team. And I just think that people are just way too comfortable with the fact that. You know, Sean Payton is gone, and we still going to be all right. Like, Sean Payton is a huge, was a huge part of why this team maintained success all these years. And also his annoying attention to detail also helped the Saints out of a lot of situations. I'm just wondering to myself, how is Dennis Allen going to react? Dennis Allen doesn't have the pull that Sean Payton has. So when it comes to Mickey Loomis, do he does he have that type of pull? Will Mickey listen to him the way that he would listen to Sean when Sean came up with different ideas? Or will Mickey just do what Mickey does? And I mean, which he is a really good GM, I give him that. But still, man, like handling like football personnel uh, situations, I think it's supposed to be a combination of the GM as well as the coach. So. I'm just interested to see, man, because like I said, I'm going to critique this team completely different because my only my biggest issue is you they they showed their hand. Like you go out here and you exhaust all your savings and you start to move money around also you can get to Sean Watson. 
But then you turn around, and when you can't get Deshaun Watson, now all of a sudden you're getting guys that that come from teams that are probably like the third, fourth at their position. They're a role player in a rotation. Like, come on, man. Like, I, I, I'm not a fan of that. I, I need to see aggression, the same type of aggression you had when you were trying to go after Deshaun Watson. And the fact that Tyron Matthew left the organization uh, without a contract, really, just tells me that the only reason why they brought him in was the fact that we were on social media uh, and, you know, and, and really going out here trying to lobby for him to come to the organization. And I also think that had a lot to do with the fact that a lot of people felt alienated by them going after Deshaun Watson because we know Deshaun Watson and the, and the emotion that, uh, you know, that he, he registers with people. So it's almost like to me, like they were, you know, being apologetic or something like that. Like you had a lot of people that were upset, like people, the members of the media, the ones that's, that's, that's very influential and also be able to help people understand their thoughts and their feelings on certain things. So I, I think that that was just a way of them, you know, I don't know, just drawing like an olive branch out there. Really probably didn't have any intentions on getting Tyron Matthew. But the fact that he was in Baton Rouge, he was in Louisiana, he was walking around, he was on social media, everybody knew he was there. It would have made the organization look bad if, you know, one of the best safeties in the NFL is walking around your state, still doesn't have a team, and you ain't bring them in. So I just think that it was a bunch of window dressing as of right now. I mean, it just seemed like it to me because, like I said, he he to me he's the best safety on your team when you sign him. So why wouldn't you want to sign him? It just doesn't make sense to me. It, it had to be like some type of hidden agenda because there's no way in the world that you have a guy of that type of talent, that caliber, still out here on the streets and didn't aggressively try to pursue him. And, I mean, Tyron Matthew said, he said, the Saints don't need me. I beg to differ, okay? That's just him being humble. He like, The Saints need this guy. You know, they need him. He makes the def- he will make that secondary better by him just being a part of it. So I, I'm not buying that, man. I'm not buying it. The way the Saints are, are set up right now, I mean, Marcus May, you, you signed him, but he's probably going to get suspended for a couple games because he had a DUI in February. I mean, you got a young uh, safety out there. He's going his second year, Eric Burrell. I mean, I am, I'm not thinking you're going to put him out there. JT Gray, I mean, he's a great special teams guy, but, I mean, I'm pretty sure they're not going to put him as a starting safety. So, I mean, what what do you have? I mean, Sorensen, I mean, give me a break, man. Like, you need more than that. So I'm not buying what they're selling, man. I just feel like that was just window dressing. And, and I, don't like, I don't like my intelligence to be questioned. You know what I'm saying? I, I, don't, I don't like that kind of stuff. I don't like – that political type mumbo jumbo, but it just seemed like to me they just brought him in because he was in Louisiana. It was, you know, they they knew he was in Louisiana because of how active he was on social media and the fact that you know a lot of people in the in the who that nation wanted the Saints to sign him, so they just brought him in to try to appease the masses. Usually, the pre-draft interviews uh, you get a sense if a player wants to play at home. Maybe they don't. It's not about playing at home, man. Like, look. I'll tell you like this, right? If you treat me like trash or, you know what I'm saying, like, if, you know what I'm saying, I'm trying to, like, I'm trying to holler, like, you trying to holler at a, a girl or you trying to holler at a guy and they not really paying you no mind, right? They not paying you any mind at all. Are you going to sit up here and be like, well, I'm going to make them pay me, pay attention to me? No, if they not interested, why would you sit up here and be, 
you know, making yourself interested. I, I don't blame them. The reason why they feel the way that they do because of the culture, because of what's been shown to them. Like, if you don't want us, well, for, if, forget me, then forget you. That's just the way that it works. I, I feel like if they if they were to draft guys from LSU like they do with guys at Ohio State, I don't think that you'll have a guy like Patrick Queen feeling the way that he do. I mean, I, I honestly, once again, I can't blame him. I'm not going to sit up here and, you know, be on my knees or, you know what I'm saying, like, oh, man, like you just the best thing since sliced toast bread when you don't feel like I'm I'm a main priority. Forget that. So how how could you be upset with a guy like Patrick Queen after what the Saints have shown over the last, what, almost 20 years? The LSU players, no matter how talented they are, no matter if they're available to you, you decide to go in a completely different direction. I mean, I think it's safe to say that at this stage of both of these guys' career, if you had to draft back, who you drafting, Patrick Queen or Cesar Ruiz? Who did you? Thank you very much for the 199. Say who that TJ from work. Great show like always. I appreciate that, man. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, if the Saints just uh, recruited uh, just from Southern Lower Line Parishes, they would be in a Super Bowl contention year after year. Rich talent pool in Louisiana. Look, I'm not saying that you just need to, you know, go all out and draft all LSU players, like rounds one through seven. I'm not saying that. But to say that there is not a guy that has come across your board that might be more talented than a guy that you end up selecting, like, and and being available, like, come on, man. Like, let, let's just, like, give me a break. Like, I don't believe that. I don't believe that. They just don't have an interest in it, and it, and it's just weird to me, man. You didn't uh, specify Sean Payton, though. You said the Saints. Um, I don't have to specify because if the Saints wanted to draft, regardless of if it's Sean Payton or not, they'll draft him. So Sean Payton, if I'm not mistaken, he is a he is the head coach of the who? The New Orleans Saints. When Sean Payton leaves his house and walks down the street, and you know what I'm saying, who, who does he represent? He represents the Saints. When he's going to meetings, who he represents? The Saints. When he's talking after the draft, who does he represent? The Saints. When they introduce him, what do they call it? They don't say Sean Payton. They say Saints head coach Sean Payton. So he's a representation of the team. So I don't I – don't, I don't backtrack by what I said with that, regardless. Like we can we can debate that all day. The fact of the matter is, if they wanted that to be a top priority, they would have. Sean Payton is the head coach of the Saints, but you still have other guys on there, you know, that's a part of that organization who choose, you know what I'm saying, if they can pay a guy, if they can't pay a guy, Sean Payton can say, Man, we need to try to pay this guy, but if you don't have the money, guess what? They ain't paying him. So it's a it's a combination. It's a combination of head coach and organization. So regardless, you know, regardless, I, I don't, I, I don't, I can't buy that. Great topic is obviously the Saints go out of their way uh, to not draft uh, uh, Louisiana players. It's pretty, it's pretty obvious. Now Tyron said he didn't want to play for the Saints when he got drafted or when he first went to free agency. So that's not fair, man. What are you talking about? <laughs> like you just are you just making up stuff now are we just making up stuff first off Tyron Matthew dude didn't even have 
you know, he didn't even have a, a, you know anybody interested in him. Dude was a fourth round pick because of all of the problems that he went he he got into, right? The only reason why he ended up getting drafted, to be honest with you, is because Patrick Peterson, who was one of the best in the league at the time, went to the Arizona Cardinals organization and said, if you bring this guy in, I'll wrap my arms around him. I'll make sure that he does the right thing. Patrick Peterson put this dude into his home, let him stay in his house, and taught this dude how to be a professional. And he grew in the process. So the fact that he's saying that Tyron Matthew didn't want to play for the New Orleans Saints at that particular time, Tyron Matthew would have been happy if he were playing for anybody because his his career was in question at the time. So let's just be careful about the narratives that we that we say here, man. I don't mind going at you know what I'm saying, saying, but I do have an issue with people just saying stuff just to try to sound like they know what they're talking about. There's no way in the world a guy who was up here with all the problems that he had, because I remember, because they had a time where it was a short period of time when he left LSU. A lot of people thought that he was going to end up playing at Jackson State. And we were like, man, I hope he played at Jackson State. He ended up um, going anywhere else. He ended up getting, you know, drafted in a fourth round once again because of Patrick Peterson. Patrick Peterson is the main reason. So you tell, man, there's no way. Like, the dude would have played for anybody at that particular time. I mean, hindsight is twenty twenty. We look at the dude talent now and how he developed as a as a as a you know as one of the top players in the league but once upon a time a lot of people didn't feel that way about this dude so let's just be real about this dudes feel the way that they feel because once again the new orleans saints have shown them that they're not interested in guys that come from that area so why would why would these guys sit up here and say man i won't play for the saints when the saints don't want these guys to play for them doesn't make sense but come on, man. We gotta, we, man. We gotta be real, man. Like, look, I don't mind once again going. You know, what I'm saying having you know conversations, but let's let's make sure that we having you know factual conversations here, not just the fact that we want to sound right on the, on the ticker. Uh, ATJ, I like to tackle uh, Trevor Pennington. Uh, dude has a nasty streak, man. He mauls defensive ends. Yeah, I mean, he, his name has been coming up uh, quite a bit. Uh, talk about his aggression at the at the senior bowl. Uh, I, I I I like him. You know, I think that it would be a start. Uh, you you like your 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 offensive lineman to be nasty and grimy and stuff like that. You know, you don't need uh that particular position a bunch of choir boys. You know, you got to have some level of aggression playing on the offensive line, and you have to have a little bit of uh confidence, man. You know, you got to have confidence. You can't be going out here just allowing people just to maul you over. Like you got to have a mean streak about you. So he definitely. Uh, checks that box. Uh, the Saints always try to lowball players and they bounce. Yeah, I mean, let's do like a top priority, you know, like um, you know, like a Michael Thomas, like Alvin Kamara, uh, like a Lattimore. But safeties they don't keep. Safety they don't keep. Defensive ends for the most part they don't keep. You know, uh, unless they like middle of the pack. Like we see with Trey Hendrickson, right? Trey Hendrickson. Uh, you know, double digit sacked his way up out of uh New Orleans, goes to uh, Cincinnati, and then you know doubles down on the success he had in New Orleans. But you know that's just the way that it goes sometimes. I mean, you replace them with quality uh talent. I, I will say this on the def- at the defensive uh line, you know, on the defensive line, they they had some guys that they developed in their system, and those guys end up being very formidable. Uh, it's not all the time you're gonna find a guy like a Aaron Donald or 
uh, Khalil Mack. I mean, you you need guys that can go out there that can win their matchups, get you a couple sacks. You know, everybody's not going to, you know, have double-digit sacks, and I can understand that. If you have one or two guys that can do that on a Dwight Freeney, Robert Mathis-type tip, you'll be all right. And the Saints have that. They got in Cam Jordan, and they got in Davenport as long as he stays healthy. Uh, Coach Allen would have to prove his logistical decision uh, making pro- uh, process before uh, Mr. Loomis gives him the kind of leverage. Yeah, you got to earn it, man. You got to earn it. You got to earn it like you know what you're talking about. You know, like if, if you're just out here not proving it on the field, not proving it with the personnel that you actually have and developing those guys, then why in the world would I listen to you? I'm not listening to you. I'm not. I have no reason to listen to you. I won't listen to you. And I'm not going to allow you to waste my time. Now, if you put a couple skins on the wall, a couple playoff appearances, maybe a Super Bowl or two, now we can talk. I mean, now we can talk turkey because you've shown to me that you have the capability of whatever personnel I put out here coaching coaching a mess out of them. Derek says, uh, is it me? But when a former LSU player comes to the Superdome and plays the Saints, they kick our behinds. Well, if that's the case, I have to go back into the archives and figure that out. But if that's the case, I mean, I can't too much blame him. I mean, especially uh, if a guy, you know, gets passed up by the New Orleans Saints and you're like right down the street and you don't want to acknowledge these guys as, you know, worth your time. I mean, look, these guys are so talented to his ridiculous. It's, it's sad that we've been having this conversation. I'm not expecting once again, I don't want anybody that's just joining the State of Saints podcast to believe that I want the Saints to draft all LSU players one through seven. But God dog, like, can we like, you know, find a third round, second round pick coming up out that thing? Like we see this all the time, man. Shouts out to Pete Carroll. Like Pete Carroll really acknowledges the Pac-12, right? You know what I'm saying? That's where he came from. Like you start looking at guys, you know what I'm saying? Like from USC, start looking at guys like from Fresno State. I mean, it's not even just, it's not even just, like Louisiana, it's like the whole, you know, it's basically like the South. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, like you look across the South, I'm like, man, Georgia, Mississippi, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I mean, you have a fair share of like guy from Tennessee. I mean, you got Callaway, you got Camara, you know, but it's like they don't really pay that much attention. You know what I'm saying? They they do the Midwest. They like Big Ten guys. You look at Ramchick, look at Ruiz. You look at all those guys that come from Ohio State. Uh, you know, like they, they they love themselves some Midwestern Big Ten uh, football players out there, you know. But I mean, you got all these guys that's coming out of the South, man. Louisiana, Mississippi, Georgia, Florida. I mean, these guys produce some of the best talent in all of football. Hall of Famers galore, all pros galore. And you like love yourself some Big Ten, you know. And and then I I would understand it if the Saints were a running football team. I wouldn't understand it. Like if you just drafting guys from the Big Ten because, you know, they play in the snow and it get cold and offensive line, the hog mollies be pushing back and you running the ball 30, 40 times. I can understand that, right? You get yourself a couple offensive line that come about that thing. But you know, you're a finesse team, right? You throw the ball more times than not. If you're not throwing the ball, you're basically uh, you know, throwing screen plays, which is nothing but, you know, a passing play. So I I just don't get it. The philosophy don't even mix. You know, it, it don't even mix. Like you you're 
you draft guys that come from a, a predominantly run, uh, you know what I'm saying, running uh, scheme in the Big Ten, but you don't run the football. Like I, I mean, and, and the thing about it is these guys are better at run protection than pass protection for the most part with the guys that you draft. So I, I, I don't get it. Maybe y'all do, but I don't. We had the same team who passed up on Lamar Jackson. Well, that that we got Davenport in the process, which now it's starting to look like it, it was worth the investment. Having Lamar Jackson would have been great, of course. I mean, he won league MVP. I mean, he's won a lot of games with Baltimore. I'm not mad at that as as time goes on. Now, the la- the first couple years of both of those guys' career, I was upset. Because I was like, man, like look what Lamar is doing, and Davenport spent more time in the tub than in the club. You know what I'm saying? But now you're seeing this guy like emerge as you know one of the most you know physical, um, you know ferocious and, and freakishly athletic defensive ends that you're gonna find. Like if he just consistently stays on the field, like this dude can be like one of the best defensive ends in football. Like this dude can be like virtually unstoppable. To be honest with you. But hopefully, like this new uh, strength and conditioning team that they got, uh, you know that uh, Traquan Smith and and CD Deuce been um, lobbying and talking about. Hopefully, these guys can help guys uh, like a Davenport and even like Traquan Smith and some of these other guys that's having a reputation of being hurt all the time to stay on the field. Hopefully, it can help your last year first round pick and Peyton Turner hit the field too. You know, uh, Hendrickson better than. Uh, than Davenport. I don't think he better than Davenport. He just been more consistent, you know, when it comes, well, I don't even want to say consistent. I think he takes more, I think he takes more advantage of his snaps, you know, sometimes than Davenport. Like if we're looking at like all of the things that all the tools that you need to be a successful defensive end. I mean, Davenport has all that. Trey Hendrickson just has heart and determination, you know what I'm saying, and a high motor. And you need that. You know what I'm saying? Like, you need that. Like, if you look at Trey Hendrickson, Trey Hendrickson don't really have too many pass rushing moves. Like, he just, it's just a bunch of, it's just heart and, and will. Like, this guy, like, pushes, for the most part, pushes offensive linemen back into the quarterback and sack him. You, know, you don't really see him, like, chasing down nobody or nothing like that. Like, he really mostly just has, like, one move, which is that bull rush. But, I mean, bull rush is way to double-digit sacks. But as far as, like, athleticism, ability, like, I put it like I put it to you like this. If both of these guys uh, won the battle of attrition, I feel like Davenport would be more successful. Davenport just can't stay on the field. Like, when Davenport is out there, unless you're just not paying attention, you can tell he's out there. I mean, he be mauling guys. He may not get to the quarterback all the time, but he be mauling those guys. Like you see him like pushing guys over, guys falling back. Like he he's he's a freakish athlete, you know? I mean, and he's he's really good. I just think that I just think that if you want to talk about like determination and heart, I, I give that to Trey Hendrickson. He he's not he's not the most athletic defensive end you're gonna find, but he has a lot of heart. Like he has a lot of heart and he don't give up. He don't quit. You know, like he has a high motor. He from start to finish, every rep you're gonna see him out there being as physical as he can, trying to get to a quarterback, and that's something that I'm a, uh, you know, 
that's something that I uh I just stand by. The Saints rather draft players from tiny schools or Yankee schools. <laughs> what are we in? A Civil War? Yankee. <laughs> Man, <laughs> good Colonel Custard up in his day. Man, it said the Yank Yankee schools, man. What is this, man? We Robert E. Lee. <laughs> Who that everyone just had a minute to jump in. Had a blessed day, everyone. <laughs> yeah, man. What's going on? Appreciate you for being here. Casey did not want to pay Honey Badger either. Maybe he wants too much money. I don't know. I mean, but guys want to get paid what they worth. And I don't see nothing wrong with that. PJ gonna be better than the honey badger. Um I, I like PJ, but he, he is not better than Tyron Matthew. Two LSU players drafted during the pay narrow. Who were the two uh who were the two LSU players that were drafted? Can somebody name them? I know Will Clapp was one. Who was the other? Uh I'd rather save the money for Tyron and pay CD. Well, the the salary cap is gonna change next year, so you can't just go into you know, I'm going to just hold my money. Like, nah, man, salary cap changes and flares uh, change over. So, man, you got to be able to adjust to that. And hopefully this new salary cap with the new TV deal open up a lot more money uh, for these guys to be able to, you know, distribute. Uh, the offensive line uh, strategy needs to remain, uh, though, because uh, Badgers and Buckeyes stay producing Marlers. Same for the Irish. Yeah, I mean, look, that's always going to be that way. It's all, look, the Big Ten philosophy is always going to be that way because it's cold, right? You know what I'm saying? It'd be snowing in some of those games, snowing in a horseshoe, right? You know what I'm saying? It, it, it's snowing and you know what I'm saying? Like in, in Michigan Stadium and stuff like that, man, it, it's snowing up in that thing. So it's cold. Wisconsin, you know, it's snowing. So you're not going to be throwing the ball 30, 40 times, right? Because, you know, you, you can't hold on to the football, slipping and sliding everywhere. So you it, – it's – you know, my offensive line versus your defensive line, you know, we'd rather we going to push you back or you we're going to push you forward, you know, and let the best team win. And that's that's just always how it's going to be, man. It's always going to be some classic uh, snot bubble football in the Big Ten, just based on weather conditions. Now, you, you get that in the South now, you know what I'm saying, like in the SEC. But it, it's almost like it's, it's kind of optional, you know what I'm saying? Like if you're like a running football team, in in the SEC, you just choose to do that. If you're like a, you know, you can be a passing football team. I mean, it get cold in Alabama, but you know, they don't get that cold to a point where you know it will stop or prohibit somebody from throwing a football 30, 40 times. That's just their philosophy. That's just the way that they choose to play the game. You have more options to me in the SEC and in the South than you do in the North when it comes to like you know October, November. You know, you can throw the football, but might be a, you know, a little bit of a challenge if you're throwing a football 30, 40 times in the snow. Brandon Cooks, Gary Wilson, Saints offense off the change. Uh, yeah, I heard them talking about getting Brandon Cooks. Wouldn't mind seeing Brandon come back. Still has something left in the tank. Those concussions that he had over the last three, four years kind of concerned me, but I would like to see him come back, you know. I mean, he was just – he was talented when he left the Saints. Just think that – uh um. I think he had a little bit of a, a, you know, a me type mentality, you know, instead of a we. But that kind of changed over time as you become a professional. 
Uh, let's see. Well, free safeties need to have elite ball hawking skills. So if they go into a better logic, then we should have paid Marcus. Saints don't never pay safeties. They just don't. You know, like I said, Jared Bird was the one that they tried to pay, but they also tried to turn, change their defense to that of the of the Seattle Seahawks, which it ended up being like one of the worst defenses we ever seen as Saints fans. Man, don't know uh, what we're going to look like next season. What you think? Well, that's the best thing about it. You know, this all season is different because it is a level of uncertainty, you know, and it's, it's, it's more entertaining. You know, like you go into the season with these high expectations every single year when you had Sean Payton, when you had Drew, now you really don't know. But it's exciting because you know that they have the pieces in place to be successful. The question is, how successful can they be? And can they put it all together in order for them to generate a level of success? I'm I'm interested to see this, man. There's always something to talk about. And even the smallest decisions now are amplified because we're wondering how we're going to compensate for the loss of one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time and the greatest New Orleans Saints coach of all time. So it's it's interesting. I don't know. I can't answer that question. Devery Henderson wasn't he drafted by the Saints? Yeah, but he was drafted a year before Sean Payton came. Uh, State of the Saints podcast, Elwood, defensive tackle, drafted, uh, let me see, by the Saints in 2010. Yeah, that's true. I couldn't think of the other guy. I mean, I just knew it wasn't I just knew it wasn't Devery Henderson. Breaking news, uh, Saints just signed Brandon Cooks. Um, is that true or is not? I mean, I don't know. Somebody, somebody, make sure that you, uh, somebody, somebody, uh, put that down in the chat if that's true or not. Or we just, we just trolling here today. Uh, it's just frustrating, man. We need a replacement for Cam Jordan. He got uh, not too much left in the tank. Well, look, you don't know what these younger guys will be able to do. I mean, Peyton Turner got hurt earlier. You know, we don't know what type of player this dude gonna end up being, and we don't know if Davenport gonna be able to push it all and bring it all together. You know, maybe he'll be able to do that. You know, I, I, and I get it. You know, you got guys that come into the league and they take the league by storm and they dominate. And then you have guys that continue to dominate. Guys like a Aaron Donald, guys like a Khalil Mack, you know, guys that come off the edge, you know what I'm saying, with, with ferocious intent. But everybody can't be those guys, right? And then there's a level of jealousy that we have, a level of frustration because we wish we had somebody just as talented as them. And we should be lucky, man, because, you know, Cam Jordan last season towards the end really showed how, you know, he still has something left. I mean, he's an Iron Man. The only time he ever missed a game was he had COVID. Never because of anything that involved his extremities at all. So I, I, I'm just glad that you actually have a guy like this while these other guys can be able to put it together. Because can you imagine not having a guy like this when other guys are trying to put it together? And it's not like it's a, a you know a reoccurring thing or something like that. Like even with even all the injuries Davenport had, I mean he still almost had double digit sacks. What he had like nine nine and a half sacks, right? All right. If you have guys that you know can get healthy, like a passing yoke, he had what four and a half five sacks. So if these guys can stay healthy, it's not like you can't have a meeting at the quarterback. They have the talent. I mean Carl Granderson, a very unsung. A player, man. Every time he comes in, he makes an impact. So, who knows? You know, you might be able to get something out of that. If this is true, like TJ says, I want receipts. Man, you ain't lying. 
Uh, Trey, he uh, got plenty in the tank, uh, Cam Jordan. Yeah, man, but, I mean, I agree. You know, you you don't – you want that player to play on a high level as long as possible, but at this particular stage, you want some of these other guys to step up, you know, because, you know, these older guys, you know, they, they'll be able to produce, but you don't know how long. You know, like, it, it happens kind of abruptly when you see guys, like, hit a, a certain level and they, like, you know, really dominating, and then all of a sudden you're wondering where they at. So you need these other guys to be able to step up. Checking Saints Twitter has nothing about Cooks. Uh, what happened with the trade with the Eagles for the NFL draft? Uh, the Saints got the what the 16th and 19th pick, uh, you know, in the draft. Uh, they traded the 18th pick. They traded and they traded a first round pick from next year and a second round pick, I want to say, in 2024. So they wanted those two picks. Some people wondering what they're going to do with those picks. Are they going to try to use it as leverage to try to move up in the draft or are they going to try to, you know, try to address some of those positions that they need? Fake news, TJ, only thing reporting on Cooks is that Nola is interested. Yeah. Now, like I said, I know sometimes people just go overzealous at times. No, it's not true. Saints just uh, asked about Cooks. Yeah. We should be hoping this isn't Davenport blowing a uh, blow up year. Got to hope for a breakout after we sign him for cheap. <laughs> Well, look, I'm not I'm not an advocate for trying to get dudes, and I want them. I, look, I want those guys to play at a high level, and if they if they don't get paid, then that, you know that's on the Saints, right? Because if you draft these guys, you must have the intentions that these guys were going to be successful. So if this dude has one of the best years and he's still out there in a the contract year, you put yourself in that position when you signed that fifth year option. You should have just went ahead and extended him, you know, at that particular time, but you didn't. So I don't feel bad for him, and I, I, I'm not trying to minimize a guy's, uh, you know, marketability because I want to see them play for the cheap. Nah, man, look, I want this dude to ball out. I want this man to make as much money as he possibly can. If he can't do it with the Saints, then oh well. It's not, you know, what I'm saying it's not, not his problem, right? That's that's the Saints should have signed him. It's just as simple as that, man. I would love to see that. Like, I don't have any ill will or any ill feelings towards any player that leaves the New Orleans Saints for greener pastures. Because let's just be real. I do I do not hold anybody to a certain, uh, you know, level of accountability for something I wouldn't even do for my own self. If Right now, right now, if you're working at a job, let's just say you worked at the job, we'll say five, six years, and then all of a sudden there's another job, same same position, you know, more money. You're not going to tell me, like, you ain't about to go on Indeed and put that application in? You, you're telling me that? Like, come on, man. Like, no, nothing in life works like that. Like, we can talk about, man, moral standards and more compass and all that kind of stuff there. But if somebody offering us more money, better opportunity, you ain't about to tell me that you ain't going to take it. So I don't expect... Why Why would I expect any other player in the National Football League to do the same thing that I wouldn't want to do in my real, my actual life? You know, the only one that would be benefit is us, right? Because it makes us, what, feel like a winner? Because that player might make a player too, but he making a player a player too, but he losing out on six or seven point, you know, six or $10 million that he could have got somewhere else. You know, just to make us feel good inside. Nah, man, I'm good. 
I'm hoping Dennis Allen plays physical playoff type football with a heavy run game. Yeah, I hope so, man. I hope they, they change some things up. I ain't, I don't expect for them to want to throw the ball all over the place. I hope not. I don't want these guys to be a physical football team. I think they, I think they're, uh, I think they kind of transition from being all finesse and stuff like that during the time with Sproles and and Jimmy Graham was there. I think they got a little bit of a nastiness to them, you know. But I think they can be more nastier, you know, when it comes to a team. Uh, they got some guys out there that can bring that out, but um, you know, you need more. Sub TJ, uh, to your opinion, some brought that up and I didn't see nothing wrong with it. Uh, how would you rate the intelligence from one to 10 drafting two wideouts in the first? Um, I don't think it's necessary. Um, I don't think it's necessary for you to get two wide receivers in the first and I could get it right. Our offense was terrible, right? And we didn't have guys that can get off the line of scrimmage. We didn't have guys that can win those 50, 50 balls. But we also have to take into account, man, guys develop and get better, and you have to take that into account as well. And you also have to understand that the offense that the Saints run, uh, the longer that you are in that system, the better uh, that offense can be because you don't have to spend majority of your time trying to figure out uh, what this this young guy knows. Uh, can he do it? Can he apply to this game? I mean – Guys come in and they're young and they're inexperienced and they learn the playbook. They're not playing as fast as they once did versus some guys that have been in the system about two or three years. But I'm not advocating uh, for these, them to keep the same wide receivers they had. But adding another young guy and combine him with, you know, a couple more of the guys that have been on the team already, I think that that can – you can kind of hold down the fort when Michael Thomas comes back and a couple more of these guys into – maybe that young wide receiver would be able to develop. And, and we've seen it, right? We've seen, like, uh, guys like Kamara, right? You know, Kamara first came in, first couple of games. It's like, man, why are you playing like he did in preseason? Then all of a sudden, that Lions game happened, and then the light came on. But it took, like, a couple of weeks for him to, like, really get into that mode because a lot of people was talking about how good Kareem Hunt was when he was with the Kansas City Chiefs and, he was going to be the offensive rookie of the year. And then towards the latter part of the season, you start seeing Alvin Kamara come on. But it was it was because, you know, these guys had to develop and learn. That's just the way that it goes sometimes. So I think that having, you know, a wide receiver come in, uh, you know, saying learn the system. At the same time, you have some guys that are familiar with it, you know, help him, you know, grow and make that transition. So that's just the way I feel. TJ, you have 130 views, but only 34 likes. Support the brother and hit the like button. Yeah, Eric, thank you, man. I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, if you're here, have 143 people in here right now, go ahead and hit the like button. Just go ahead and just hit that that thumbs up for your boy. Help the show grow. You know, help us uh, get to, we're on the road to uh, 8,000 subscribers right now. So I'm asking everybody to please uh, make this happen. You make it happen by hitting that thumbs up, man. You know, that's, the more thumbs up uh, that, that happen, the more eyes be able to see the State of Saints podcast. Do you feel like we need another running back just in case? Uh, no, I think we need another running back, period, uh, Larry. Uh, I don't think it has absolutely nothing to do with the fact that AK is going to be suspended. I think that you needed another running back regardless because I want to say Josh has said this. I want to say uh, Chosen has said this and several other individuals that you need to probably consider running a three running back set, getting three running backs out there and wearing down the defense. That, that's something I would love to see. 
And you see a lot of teams starting to do that too. The only one person that's happy Marcus Williams going is that uh, Tom Brady. Well, now he has to deal with C.D. Deuce. Because <laughs> C.D. now seems like he's the guy in his head. And it's not like, oh, I'm just catching interceptions. I'm going to go up to you and let you know that I'm coming. Great podcast, TJ. First time in your live cast. Been listening for a few months. Now keep up the great work. Click that like button. Ramon, thank you so much, man. Appreciate that. Appreciate you stopping by. Appreciate you supporting the show. Uh, got a lot of people, you know, that, uh, you know, that's been coming in a lot of new, uh, viewers and listeners of the podcast. And I appreciate you. Thank you all so much. TJ, you, uh, let me see. TJ, you look like a Mike T or Traquan Smith clone. Uh, I do not. <laughs> I do not. I, I, I guarantee you that. I mean, both of those guys, pro- you know, taller than me, probably more physically imposing than me. Probably not Traquan, man. Traquan probably not. Uh, hopefully, uh, we use the fullback, too. Uh, he gets positive yards, too, even though uh, we may not pay attention to him. Well, look, I don't care how they get the yard chosen. But I do feel like, you know, they they need to get back to that uh, pass-catching tight end. I mean, fullback thing, you know, when they had when they had John Coon was here. You know what I mean? Like, like you need that guy that's be able to catch the ball out of the backfield. And also be able to get you those couple of yards. I think they need something like that. Uh, you're a handsome man, TJ. I appreciate that. I hope my wife feels the same way. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you for the kind words. That's how they won the Super Bowl a year with Bush, Mike Bell, and Pierre Thomas, three-headed monster. Mine, I agree with that. And I think they need to go back to that. I think they need to go back to that. Um, look, I, I'm always an advocate for, like, three running backs, you know, I'm, you know, I, I like physical football, you know, I, I like physical football. Uh, Zach Lyon was a great fullback. I agree with that. Zach Lyon was good for the Saints. I think he was really, I think he was extremely talented for the Saints. I mean, he was getting those extra yards. If it was ever a third and one, it was very rare that he didn't get the first down. I think when he left and he decided to retire, I think something was missing. You know, I mean, you had some guys that were pretty talented, but Zach Lyon, I mean, he he was a, he was that uh he was that Mooch Johnston, you know. Some of y'all probably don't know who Mooch Johnston is, you know, fullback for the Dallas Cowboys, blocked uh for Emmett. TJ multiple reports saying Tyron wasn't going to sign a deal this early, no matter what. He also said he uh still wants to play for Nola earlier uh today. Look, I Keen Arthur, I kinda okay, let me let me say this. Okay. I I, I said a, I said it in a tweet that they shouldn't let him leave um, you know, leave the facility out of contract. That was more so about the the sense of urgency. Did I feel they were going to sign him? I was like, let me wait and see. Because even though, like, I, I think I had a show. It may have been the day before he actually went to the facility. I said it wouldn't be smart for him to sign right now because teams are so focused on the NFL draft and they can easily lowball this dude by saying, well, you know, we might get something in the draft you know, guys can like say, okay, man, we might address our safety situation in the draft. You know? Um, so by signing, you might be lowballing yourself. Now, after the draft, if teams can't get the safety that they want or the player that they want, it makes him more valuable. Signing right before the draft, not necessarily the best idea in the world. And if his agent didn't, you know, specify that, then maybe you you know, might want to find yourself another agent. But, I mean, I think it was about where the Saints felt 
you know, where he was at uh, as far as like how much money he is, he wants at that particular time or where he feel like he's worth. And maybe they feel like they can go back and, you know, check it out. But I don't think he's going to sign to after the draft anyway. That wouldn't be very smart. But like I said, my my tweet had a lot to do with the fact that I feel like that type of sense of urgency you need to have with this dude and how important he can be to your team. I mean, but by not signing, that might be a smart decision. But, man, if, if he does decide to sign, I feel like that would be a great idea for the Saints. Who that, TJ? What do you – uh? What do you love the show, bro? Oh, I guess you're saying you love the show. Thank you, man. Um, I'm doing great. Same set with Jameis. Get the man weapons. Well, we heard Drew Brees say that, you know, get this guy some weapons, get this dude an offensive line, you know, like get this dude a running game, and I think you'll be all right. Don't put too much pressure on the dude like how he was in Tampa. He was throwing the ball all over the place. You know, let, let him, you know, be able to see the game. It's hard for you to see the game if you're not – if you're not, you know, you, you feel like you have to do it all by yourself. Have some guys out there that can make some things happen too. He puts the he puts the ball in the hand of a wide receiver, he gets that yak, that yards after the catch. You get a running back, probably, you know, break a couple of tackles, getting ten and fifteen yards. Put some guys around him where he doesn't feel like he has to be the guy. I mean, I kinda know how Jameis actually is, man. You know, like I, I kinda got that mentality I like to believe. Like if you you know you, you ever been like on a park or you ever been playing like you know a football game you know I don't know soccer game or whatever like that and your team down and you, you start thinking like man look I got to put this team on my back I got to do something you know what I'm saying like I got to put up some extra shots or something like I still got something left in the tank I can drive to the hole or you know what I'm saying I can you know I can do some make some things happen I I think that's his mind frame and it's kind of like how guys are who or in you know, those leadership roles, they they take it upon themselves. When they losing, they feel like they losing because of me. You know what I'm saying? I got to step it up. That just, I mean, that's that's a great quality to have, but sometimes that can be your Achilles heel because in the process you're looking at, oh, man, I need to put it all on me, but you're not looking at the other guys that are around you or the other uh, uh, women or girls around you uh, that can help you, uh, you know, put a, a hole into this lead or actually take the lead. If the Saints put some players around this dude to do that, I think you'll be fine. Mike Carney was a good fullback. He was like an extra offensive lineman. Yeah, John Carney. Yeah, he he definitely was good too. I feel you, TJ, but do you think it could turn a player off if you tried to force their hand? Um, could. And it, it and well, I don't feel like, you know, they, they need to force his hand. I don't, I hope not. Um, but if you are talking to a player and you just actually just, you know, disrespect him, minimize his accolades all in the name of, you know, trying to, you know, negotiate a deal, I think that can turn a player off. Look, when you go into contract negotiations, you have to have a level of confident, uh, confidence in yourself. Um, those guys can split, uh, smell blood in the water, right? I don't care if you have this sense of doubt. I don't care what you're doing, folks. If you feel like you deserve a raise, if you feel like you're doing a podcast and you're talking to uh, affiliates or sponsorship companies, like if they don't believe that you feel like you're the best, then why would they pay you like you're the best? So you need to walk in with a sense of arrogance and because teams can smell it. Like uh, he's not sure about himself. We probably can get, you probably can, you know, get him for 
you know, less money. Like, come on, man. Like, you shouldn't carry yourself that way at all. Right? You should carry yourself with a level of confidence that to a point where, you know, a representation or companies or organization be like, man, like, we need this guy on our team. Cause I mean, I used to be, you know, I used to be that way when it comes to like sponsorships and stuff like that and podcasts. And, you know, I was like, you know, I, I'm a, I'm gonna just say that for all the people that may think about starting podcasts or have started podcasts that check out this show. You, when you first start out, you're just so happy that people acknowledge you, you know, like, Oh man, you know what I'm saying? This is great. And then you have these individuals that reach out to you. Oh, we want you to, you know, we want you to work with us and they lowball you. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like, oh, you you get so happy that somebody acknowledged you. But then once you realize, man, they screwing the heck out of me. You know what I'm saying? Like you're about to be like, nah, bro, never again. So a lot of these players, you know, they go into these these organizations with a sense of confidence, like, man, they probably screwed me before. This ain't gonna happen again. So my my arrogance is at an all time high. Like, man, you need me. I don't care if you had Three, four safeties up in here. Four, five defensive ends that you're trying to try out. They ain't better than me. You know, you ain't better than me. You know, so when I come up in this thing, things going to change. People going to know I'm in this thing. If you aren't carrying yourself like that, don't don't do anything. Don't, don't, you know what I'm saying? Don't start no business. Don't start no podcast. None of that stuff, man. If you don't have any type of. If you don't have any uh, sense of confidence in your ability, like, don't do it. Because people will lowball you because they don't want to pay you. I mean, it, I don't care who it is. Your favorite organization, your favorite company. No, they don't want to pay you, man. But they want to use your services, though. You know what I'm saying? They, they see the the type of reaction that you, you get. They see the type of production that you have. But they don't want to pay you. But don't never let anybody do that to you. TJ, you the goat at this. Larry, thank you, man. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> Bishop Joshua. <laughs> hey, TJ, I, I know we talk about good cornerbacks uh, we had in Saints history, but I noticed uh, a name never come up is Mike McKenzie. Uh, I know he was uh, way better uh, with the Packers, but I think he was decent with us. Your thoughts? Uh, yeah, Um I think that Mike McKenzie's best days were in Green Bay. He had maybe like one or two good years, tops, with the New Orleans Saints. But it wasn't his fault. It's not like he's terrible. Like I feel like they just kind of used him up. It's like a, you know, like a car that you had for a long period of time. You know, you put a lot of miles on that thing, and you probably just sold it. You know, send to somebody else, and you know they still got they got a little, you know, they got a little good uh, commuter two out of it, but. It's not the same as it was when it had, you know, low miles on it. I think that he did a good job. I think, you know, he he definitely rose to the occasion. I'll never forget that uh, that night in in the Superdome uh, when he uh, got signed. I want to say on on a Tuesday of that, that the week before, and he went out there and lined up against Randy Moss and, and shut him down. I, I remember that. I definitely remember that because that was a. It was a big deal. I think he even had an interception in that game, if I'm not mistaken. But, yeah, Mike McKenzie definitely deserved honorable mention. Uh, he definitely uh, kind of filled the void that the Saints needed at that particular time. And, um, yeah, man, I think he was I think he was good. But I think his best days were in uh, Green Bay. You know, I never – no, nah, that was Al Harris. 
But um, yeah, him and Al Harris, man. Al Harris on one side, Mike McKenzie on the other side. Yeah, man, them boys had them long dreads, man. Them boys were locking down the field. Yeah, I'll never forget that. Mike McKenzie was really good. He was really good for him, you know, and, you know, he was always, uh, he always had the task of going up against Randy Moss and probably played him better than most cornerbacks did, even Darrell Reeves. So that boy Dominion looked like an inmate. <laughs> you are right. Saints always want to negotiate like Harold Melvin did Teddy Billy. Ain't, ain't much negotiate was going on with that darkness. <laughs> Say Harold Melvin used to have used to have money under under his mattress, right? Had thousands of dollars under his mattress. <laughs> yeah, man, look. Di- didn't sing really no leads. Teddy Pendergrass used to sing all the songs, all the great joints that they had, you know, to be free, to be who you are, and you know, all those other joints. T- Teddy Pendergrass set the thing off. But Harold Melvin's name was always on it, right? Harold Melvin Melvin didn't lead nothing. Teddy Pendergrass was killing it, you know, being a leader, lead singer of that group. Yeah, but Harold Melvin, yeah, man, he he was a he was a cheapskate man. Didn't want to pay nobody. Talking about he ain't had no money, money all under underneath his mattress. <laughs> yeah, he shut Randy Moss down. Yeah, for the most part. Yeah, he, majority of the time. Bishop Josh Winkle, get rid of Ramchick. Dude can't block, right, TJ? Uh, can he block? Ramchick can't block? Wait. Hell no. To the no, no, no. Hell to the no. Man, of course he can block. Best player on the Saints team, in my opinion. Uh, do you think Adebo and Marshawn be the best cornerback duo in the league? I do. I think they have the capability of doing that. Um, I'm not going to say I'm not going to say that they are. You know, I mean, I, it, the proof is in the pudding, right? I mean, how many guys have you seen walk into the gym, right? You're in a, playing a pickup basketball game. This dude like 6'8", one dude 6'8", other dude about 6'10". They end up being on your team. you like, oh, man, we about to run the court, man. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you see that boy down in the post. He put up that uh, Kareem Scott hook, and they go over the rim. And you're like, man, whoa, wait a minute. You know what I'm saying? You you 6'10", man. I thought we was about to be out here getting buckets. You know what I'm saying? Like, can't dunk, you know? Falling on the ground, you know? Looking like they they slipping on banana peels going down the court. Like, man, look, I, I made the biggest mistake in my life, okay? Look, I, I need to see it. I need to see it consistently for me to be out here and be like, man, yeah, we got something here, right? Because everything ain't glitter. Uh, that glitters ain't gold, right? They had a good season last year, you know, some ups and downs between both of them. Be honest, I don't. I think that you seen Debo start to come on at the be, at the end of the season. Marshawn came on at the beginning of the season. They need to put it together on a level of consistency. You know, once again, man, that's the worst thing in the world, right? Worst thing in the world when guy got all the talent and they they you know have all the tools to be successful and they not. Worst thing in the world is a guy six seven plus can't hoop, right? A guy you know what I'm saying that's that's three hundred and some pounds look like. Look like giant coffee, you know, and, and can't play no type of football, basketball, I mean, football, offensive line, no nothing. Ain't that make you mad watching that, right? Like, how you that big and can't move nobody off the line of scrimmage? How you that tall and can't run up the court and dunk? Like, I wish I had your height. That make you mad, don't it? Right? You have all these tools as a cornerback, you know, and you telling me that you can't lead the league in interception? You telling me that you can't have a, a high percentage on pass breakups? Like, come on, man, give me a break. 
I mean, I mean, how many times have we done that, man? I'm pretty sure I ain't the only person. I mean, there's one dude, you know, I remember his name was Carl. Shouts out to Carl. I don't know if you listen or not. When I was staying in Dallas, Texas, worked out at the LA Fitness. Carl, 6'6". Six, six. You know what I'm saying? Big, tall, white guy. You know, trying to run down the court. Man, put up a jumper. Nope. Throw the ball to him. You know what I'm saying? He tried to catch a ball, hit him all in the face. He read in the face. I remember one time he was trying to do a standing vertical dunk, Shaq style, right? All of a sudden, like, I'm talking to some of my comrades over there on the wall. All of a sudden, like, all you hear is, he tried to dunk the ball. The ball got caught by the rim, and he fell down on the floor. <laughs> We used to be so mad at this dude. Great dude. Fun guy. But uh, we used to be so mad because we like, man, we wish you had your height. Everybody up in that thing, right? Up in that thing, you know, have hoop dreams, NFL dreams. Oh, if it wasn't for my knee, if it wasn't for my ankle, it wasn't for my neck, it wasn't for, you know, my quad, I probably wouldn't be in here right now. And then all of a sudden you 16 years old, 17 years old, right? 6'6". Six, six. So you still got a little bit more growing to do and can't hit the back of a barn door. Ain't nothing worse than that, folks. Ain't nothing worse than that. I know we we took a turn, but I think it all still applies. You know, if you have the talent, you possess those skills, we want to see it happen. We want to see it happen. Teddy Pendergrass singing all the songs and wrote all the records and Harry was getting all the buddy. <laughs> hey, man, you had a lot of guys that used to be like that, man. Shoot, Dr. Dre was like that with Suge Knight, right? NWA, uh, you know, Ice Cube. Writing up all uh, easy E joints, right? And they were low, you know, and they was eating lobster and they up in there eating what he said, uh, <laughs> eating cheeseburgers from McDonald's and stuff like that, man. Shoot. Yeah, they had a lot of that going on in these record companies. Still do. Still do, man. I wasn't surprised at Adebo. I said he was a steal before last season started, boy, a ball hawk. Yeah, I said it, man. I said that too, Millie, because. I was like, man, this dude gonna be good. I said, you gotta prepare yourself. I said, you might see some, you might see some rookie mistakes, but you know, I think that you about to see, you know, he gonna be end up being something good because he's smart. Like that dude is, that dude is a savant because you never see him like make the same mistake twice, and that's something that is very special when a player can can be that way because you got a lot of guys getting, you know. I mean, they get beat on the same play over and over again. Dude probably had to wait for his uh, coordination to catch up with his body. Yeah, probably. Who knows, man? I mean, I ain't seen him in years. Who knows? He might end up becoming very good. I, I'm, not, I'm not sure. But at that particular time, man, my boy couldn't hit the ocean in a boat. Like, seriously. Like, that man couldn't catch a cab in New York City. <laughs> Like, I mean, it was, he was just so uncoordinated. It was, man, it was frustrating. Like, some games, you know, he might have some better games. You can tell, like, he started to develop a little bit. But my goodness, man, that boy, that boy, that, he was, like, kind of, like, lurky. Like, if you ever see, like, Zion Williamson, like, you see, like Zion, he coordinated, of course, he's freakishly athletic. But he, he got, like, this lurky walk with him, like, lurch, you know what I'm saying? Like, he be, like, you know, hunched forward and, you know, like walking like a like a, a giant or something like that, you know. Yeah, that's kind of how he was, but, you know, way less coordinated. TJ, serious question. What's your reaction uh, to the whole uh, who? GNU? GNU thing? I don't, I don't know who that is. What What is that exactly? Explain it to me. 
Uh, I'm unsure with P.J. Williams at safety. I don't know why. That's his best position he played since he's been in the league. He a better safety than he is corner. And, um, you know, if you put him in a nickel, he'll be, he's able to guard like the tight ends and stuff like that. So man, him being a safety was a godsend to his career. We weren't even having this conversation and nobody would feel the way that they do about P.J. Uh, if, you know, if uh, he didn't move to safety, we would have been like, man, get him up out of here, man. I'd give him a, I'd buy him a, a, a plane or a train ticket up out of here. Saved his career. Hey, TJ, somebody getting on your boy saying, I look like an inmate. <laughs> Tell him I'm beast mode weight uh, to like uh, I'm an inmate. Well, look, <laughs> I think they just joking, man. I mean, you work out every day, you, you know, you, you try to be in good shape. Hey, man, you know, some people just feel. May feel that way about you, man, but they you know, they don't mean that's who you are. You're a good solid dude, man. I appreciate that. Uh is a rapper whose dead body uh they propped up at <laughs> ah, I didn't hear about that, man. Hey, I'm gonna be honest with you, man. I've been like out of I I've been like off the radar when it comes to like social media and stuff like that. First off, um I'm a I'm an advocate for anxiety and depression and stuff like that, man. You know that that stuff weighs on you, and a lot of social media uh, attention can also lead to that. So I try to stay away from stuff. And then on top of that, um, I know I'm kind of late to the party, but I, I just binge watched all eight seasons of Games of Thrones. You know what I'm saying? Game of Thrones, I should say. You know that's that's why I've been there for the last couple of days. I've been watching Game of Thrones. Like I finally got through it. You know I know I'm probably late. Some of y'all probably. Ben watched it, but uh, yeah, that's what I've been doing, man. Game of Thrones, that great show. The ending sucked, uh, but the show was, you know, the show was good. You know, definitely it was worth uh all the attention that it got during that time. Like my wife, uh, she was laughing at me, saying, "You just ain't gonna do nothing. All you gonna do is sit up here and watch Game of Thrones, huh?" Yeah, man, that's what I'm gonna do. My boy John Snow, I had to see what that boy was gonna do. My boy John Snow, I had to see what Arya was gonna do. You know, Sansa, all them, you know. I try to- <laughs> the Dragon Queen. So I was like, man, I gotta check this out. But Jon Snow was the truth, man. Jon Snow was the truth, man. Uh, probably the the realest one on the show. Everybody else, man, straight treacherous, backstabbing, you know, all that. Yeah, but Game of Thrones, man, it was it was a good show. But then they also like kind of set it up if they wanted to bring it back. Boy, they down bad, have a uh, dead body at the club. How the F they going to do that? Man, I don't know. <laughs> TJ, you're a class act. Uh, your show is a good model for any podcast. I appreciate that, man. You know, I I, I try to be. You know, I try to be. And I hope, uh, you know, a lot of other podcasts, you know, are the same. You know, the show is about the folks, not about the person. I mean, of course, you know, you you learn certain things about me through the show, you know, but show it for everybody. You know, has has views viewpoints you know one thing that bothered me and i always say this and some of you probably heard me say this again and again but what bothers me is when people have shows and they're not interactive with the audience you know the audience makes the show and i just feel like when guys are sitting up there talking two and three and four hours don't have like no no call-ins no comments no no text message no nothing where they'd actually uh learning or reading you know what i'm saying from you know about what the what the audience have to say, I think that you're doing your, I think you're doing your audience a disservice. TJ, turn off that Game of Thrones before the end. 
Well, I already watched it. I already watched all eight seasons. Um, the the queen, well, that lady was horrible, man. That lady was horrible. I don't know how she lasted eight seasons. I mean, then my boy Littlefinger, man, treacherous. It was a couple of people, like it was three people on the show. I was just glad that 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 died. I'm I'm sorry, they were just horrible. Okay, Ramsey, who took over Winterfell. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Some of y'all are like, man, what the world he talking about? Ramsey, Joffrey, Littlefinger. Okay, and the Queen. Okay, I, I throw the Queen, 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 and Ramsey probably one and two. Joffrey third, and Littlefinger, old treacherous tail. He the fourth, for real. Terrible, terrible folks. Dragon Queen, my favorite. Yeah, man. Dragon Queen, man. Shouts out to her. Uh, Danny. Uh, let's see. I saw uh, that is horrible. He in a club. So no happy ending. It was a it was a happy ending. It was a happy ending in the Game of Thrones. You know, I mean, I, it just left. It was just, um, man, it, it left a lot to be desired. Like the way the Dragon Queen died. Like, after all the stuff that she did throughout the entire show and to die like that, like, come on, man. Y'all could have did better than that. TJ, my dog, I was just uh, giving you a hard time every now and then. Nah, it's all good, man. It's all good. I don't have no I don't have no problem with that. I don't have no problem with that at all, man. Uh, David Jones, you low down. <laughs> Ramsey on the Rams. I gave up on after season one. Well, look, I, like man, Netflix has spoiled all of us, and as y'all as y'all can see, we probably wind we winding down the show. <laughs> but uh, look, Netflix has spoiled us because Netflix they put episode after episode, right? So now it's like when you watch shows on HBO and you watch shows on Showtime, like like I watch Power, right? I watch Power. Um, I watch like all these different other shows. It's like now you have to wait till next week for another episode to come out. I like all my shows at one time. Like, that's why, like, I won't watch a show. I mean, and honestly, all they have is, like, 10 episodes per season. So I'll wait. Like, I'll wait a couple weeks, and then I'll watch, like, two episodes at a time or three episodes at a time. Like, I don't like waiting for the episodes. Like, it it, it spoiled us. Netflix has spoiled us, man, how they just put all these series in one fell swoop, and you can just binge watch it on a Saturday or binge watch it on an off day, right? I don't want to do that, you know? So I, I just wait to binge watch, to be honest. TJ, uh, when you watch Game of Thrones, did you see a girl named uh, Valis uh, Valuka? Uh, she was on there in 2015, 2016. She's from uh, England, and she was a singer. I want to say, is that is that the uh, the black girl that was on there that was hanging out with the Dragon Queen? I don't know, man. The old woman who poisoned Joffrey was the goat. Man, her and Lil Finger? Yeah, man. Yeah, they they definitely was man. A high, I think she was the the lady of High Garden or whatever. Yeah, that was yeah they, that was well deserved. Homeboy, I mean homeboy was going in at the wedding man. It was like, and they made it like so good because they're like man, please. It, the one thing I, I liked about the show is the fact that the 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 dastardly characters that they had on the show they're like. Make you like, man, please just go ahead and get them up out of here. Like, they just, it's like every episode, like, they just did one down bad thing after another. You're like, man, please get them up out of here. Everyone is noticing how great this show is. I've been saying the best Saints podcast, in my opinion, TJ's like a, a rapper that goes into the boot and just freestyle. Well, I, I man, look, I may, look, this show is, man, this show means so much to me because it's so or, organic. 
You know, I started off this show just because I just like the Saints and I just wanted to do something different. You know, I just wanted to do something different and have an audience that has a voice. A lot of people, you know, aren't, you know, don't want to do a podcast, but they have strong opinions about their feelings about the New Orleans Saints or sports in general. And um, that's what I like about the show. You know, I try to be as interactive. You know, sometimes, you know, like, uh, you know, I just look at these other shows. I'm like, why? You know what I'm saying? How, like, how they maintain, like, certain levels of success when they just don't pay attention to the most important person. That's the audience. Good to be back uh, listening to the podcast. Who that? Casual Dex, man. Man, hear from you in a minute, man. How you been, man? Casual Dex. We didn't see you out there in Canada. Man, shouts out to Casual, man. Uh, very true. Larry, uh, to me, Marshawn is the best in the league. Yeah, he definitely one of the best. No, TJ, she was white. Uh, No, I, I don't remember that. I have to go back. She had the black hair and sings opera. Good singing voice. Nah, I, I don't... I don't remember that one. The Witcher is great too. Yeah, man, I'm gonna have to uh, check out some of these other shows, man. Some, I'm watching like some of these shows that that Ben went off, you know, and now I'm starting to watch them, you know. So uh, that was definitely a show I kind of, you know, got into. Man, I was up at like two, three, two, three in the morning trying to finish that thing, man. <laughs> yeah, my mom, um, not my mom, my my wife was like, "That's all you're gonna do all day." I'm like, man, I, I rarely even watch TV. And she was getting on me about that. I'm like, I rarely even watch TV. If Matthew go to the Saints, they are easily the best secondary in the league, and he would be a ticket seller. Yeah, I agree with that. If you into that type of thing, you know, I, I'm more into, like, winning. <laughs> what do you think about Tiger Woods? Uh, I think he's playing in the Masters, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Look, I'm, I'm glad to see Tiger back. You know, I think it means a lot to the game of golf. Uh, I know he had like, you know, some ups and downs, you know, with his health and all that controversy. Uh, but I think we all can agree, man, do the greatest golf of all time. You know, I know they have Arnold Palmer and stuff like that and, you know, letting Jack Nicholas and, you know, guys like that. But when it comes to like the game of golf, I don't think any other player has meant as much to the game of golf as, as Tiger Woods did. The dude was box office, continue to be box office. Anytime his name is on a marquee, the the whole entire place, you know what I'm saying, like basically gets sold out. Ratings go up. I mean, he means a lot. He means a lot to the game of golf. So, yeah. Tiger Woods is playing in the Masters, yeah. Have you been invited to come in as a guest uh, to after further review? Great exposure for your channel if you uh, can make that happen. Also, Locked On Saints. Ramon, uh, look, I would love to go on those shows. If they ask me, yeah, I would be there. You know, shouts out to my guy, RP3, Raymond Parts III. I've been on 103.7 The Game on several occasions. It's like the only person that really like, you know, as far as like, you know, ESPN or some of those other networks that reach out. I mean, I would love to be, you know, a part of those shows. A lot of people that ask me to come on the shows be like people from other teams. You know, like the, you know, like the Eagles or the, or the, or the Falcons or the Bucks or something like that. You know, they'll ask me to come on the show, you know, and I, I you know, go on there. But I don't know, man. You know, sometimes I just, you know, I just wonder, like, well, I don't know. Like, I've, I've asked, you know, all those guys have been on my show. All of them have, you know, but, you know, I mean, look, I don't, I, I don't sit up here and be, like, wondering, like, why that happened. I have respect for both of those guys. 
all the all the uh, networks out there, they work hard. If you know they ask my if my time will come, it'll happen. If not, then you know we're gonna continue to do it. I don't lose. I don't think you know. I don't lose any sleep about anything like that. I think I do a pretty good job here. Are you going to start uploading the audio version on the podcast platforms again? Um, man, I yeah, I'm, I'm gonna start doing that. A lot of it had to do with the fact that I was mad about uh some some sponsorship opportunities, and I felt like they was getting my content for the free, and they ain't want to pay your boy. Um, but yeah, once I get these situations negotiated, look, look. <laughs> With the audio podcast, man, look, I it it was more like a contractual thing, right? So when they give me what they say they're gonna give me in a the contract, then I start uploading the audio podcast. But I have another way to do that, but I just won't do it because it'll be linked to other platforms. And I, I'm not trying to put my content out there for people for free when they told me contractually that they was gonna give me something for it. So that's the reason why. I mean, to be honest with you. I hope he wins the Masters. Uh, I know this is off base, but it looks like uh, you cloned your son cloning humans. <laughs> yeah, that's what everybody says, man. Everybody says my son looked just like me. Uh, it's a good thing, right? So I ain't got to question nothing. <laughs> I'm just kidding, man. <laughs> but <laughs> but seriously, man, look, I mean, look, I, I love my son. You know, a lot of people say that. I think he's starting to look more like my wife now, like in the face. I just think he has, like, my my features, you know, it's not like you can just not tell. He has like those uh, like those eyes, like that most like my family members have, you know, and also like my ears and head shape and stuff like that. But like when he like makes facial expressions, all I see is my wife. TJ, uh, do you think you should change from West Coast uh play uh playbook? Um, they play mostly West Coast already, man. They a lot of West. There are a lot of West Coast offense in, in the Saints uh, playbook, to be honest with you. You know? And if they did, look, if they played a West Coast offense, uh, you probably see uh, Jameis, you know, you probably really see him, like, play really, really good. You know what I'm saying? Like, off the chains good. If you combine that with a running game. Because, look, the most average quarterback can play in a West Coast offense. If you can't, like, conduct a West Coast offense, like, there's no hope for you. But Jameis is already good. So if you add the West Coast offense, you might see him play, like, some of the best football of his career. Have, I already read that one. And don't forget Ryan Fitzpatrick helped us <laughs> get this show to fellas. That's how uh, long I've been around. Yeah, man, Ryan Fitzpatrick, the, the GOAT. I already read that. Trey says, great show. Uh, should we start looking for someone to take over for Demario Davis, or do you think he still has a few years left in uh, at the top level? Uh, look, you always should be looking for uh, younger guys uh, to step in. I mean, you got that in Pete Warner. I think as soon as like uh, Demario start to slow down, you might see Pete Warner take over that middle linebacker position, which he played when he was at Ohio State. But he can fly around the field, man. I think that you're probably gonna see Pete Warner play a lot better. Because he had some good moments last season. And I think sometimes like they, they kind of fly under the radar because well, he was a little injured. Hey, TJ, I heard there's a guy out there named Hoodie Drew, great YouTuber, and you can help uh, and can help you become famous, offering multi-year million-dollar contracts. 
Well, if if you was, man, then shoot. Let me holler at you. Nah, but seriously, man, like all all I'm saying, all I want is uh for my, you know, the podcast to grow, for me to grow as a podcaster. And you know, there are certain levels. Man, there are certain levels to like, you know, accomplishments. Like sometimes like I you know, I wouldn't mind like somebody reaching out to me for that. It makes you feel like I want to say it make you feel better about yourself, but there are certain goals that makes you appreciate doing this, you know, or doing whatever a little bit more. Now, I just, you know, I just don't like the fake folk. The ones that's out here want you to read different stuff for your sponsors and stuff for they for their companies. And then they turn around and give you the runaround uh, like DraftKings, uh, like <laughs> Veritone, uh, who have uh, begin, like give people to run around. Like I don't, I don't feel like that because if it was like one of those bigger, you know, companies or bigger podcasters, like would y'all be giving them to run around? No, you know what I'm saying? Because it, it, now I feel bad for like people that have, you know, podcasters on a lower scale because they don't care about you. So yeah, that that does bother me. Shout out to Hoodie Jube on his channel. I enjoy him over there. We have fun on his channel. Love this guy. Yeah, man, Hoodie Jube does a good job. You know. And he's growing as a, as a podcast. He's all, I want to say almost at a thousand subscribers. So y'all make sure y'all make that happen. And I like the interactive. You know, I I, I check it out from afar. You know, I'm, I mean, he has like individuals where he interacts. You know, he brings a lot of people into the podcast. You know, and and have people you know have their point of view. And I think that's important. The important thing about people that's uh, doing podcasting is make sure that you remember your your audience. You know, it's not it's not just about you. I mean, some people, you know, they start podcasts and make it about themselves. Like, people take time out to listen to you. Never forget that. Like, never. Never forget people taking the time out to listen to you. You know, so some people get on this arrogant tip, like when their numbers start going up and, you know, you start to reach monetization territory and all of a sudden you feel like you can pump up your chest and tell people, you know, their opinions don't matter, their views don't matter. And that's just not the way to go. What up, TJ? Do you think uh, the Saints double dipped in the draft at wide receiver? Uh, if you, if so, uh, do you think they look at a dude named Justin Ross in the third? Justin Ross from Clemson. Yeah, that would be a good. It'll be a good pickup, man. Justin Ross is good. I've been watching him his entire career when he was at Clemson. Uh, I think he's good, man. He reminds me a lot of Michael Thomas. I think he has like a lot of Michael Thomas abilities. Uh, him and T. Higgins kind of cut from the same cloth. T. Higgins for the for the Bengals. A lot of people may even forget that Justin Ross was the guy. You know what I'm saying? That T. Higgins was the, the other guy. But yeah, you know, Justin Ross would definitely be a good addition to the New Orleans Saints. LSU players are hit and miss, if we were being honest, unless it's wide receiver DB. Good point. You know, a lot of the offensive uh talent is 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 definitely uh top notch. Um, but you also have some good defensive players that that played out there too. Me personally, I think TJ would be a perfect fit on, with Mike Dettier and Bobby Abel. That'll be a dream team show. Yeah, it definitely would, man. Be a dream team show for me. <laughs> Look, man, I told you, uh, Mike Dettier, one of my favorite people to interview, uh, talk to. So yeah, I definitely would love to like, you know, collaborate with him. We still need a pass catching tight end. I agree with that. And uh, hoodie for governor. Uh, gives me hoodie, you. 
Yeah, hoodie drew for governor. <laughs> but thank y'all, man, so much for checking out the State of the Saints podcast. Thank y'all so much for allowing the State of the Saints podcast to be a part of your listening pleasure. Uh, be sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit that like button before you get up out of here. Uh, you know, previous episodes available on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, uh, Anchor FM, the Pigskin Podcast Network. And also you can go to Facebook.com, search the State of the Saints podcast and get content there as well. I hope everybody has a good day. Hope everybody enjoy the rest of the day. And like always, all I got to say is, who that? <laughs>